Welcome to Her Bro, His Sis, a podcast hosted by sibling ministers discussing topics of faith and family. Well, thank you all for tuning in today. Um, man, I'm just super, super excited um, on today. Um, I remember last month, um, you kind of started with uh, something that you shared was just very near and dear to you. And um, uh, this one's kind of that for me. Uh, it's kind of a, a topic that I've been really just kind of mulling over for several years, actually, um, just the topic of relationships and um, fellowship in general, you know, as we think about the body of Christ um, and what that means to be in relationship and, and community with one another. But um, yeah, just really just anxious to uh, just jump into this one and just really just um, uh, share this with the body, because I, I believe it's something that, you know, we all can grow from and really just evaluate our, our personal relationships and um, just see where the Lord um, can really just uh, step his foot in and just insert himself uh, in our relationships. So um, just kind of as, as we intro that, uh, what are your thoughts just on the community and the body of Christ? Uh, it's a heavy topic, to be honest with you. Um, and to be honest, like, I feel like the outlook of what community looks like and feels like has changed over the years drastically and I would even dare to say within the last year um, you know with being able to go to church and not go to church um, has really been a huge impact on how people see and feel about um, community in general mm-hmm. if they didn't already have certain feelings about um, you know community inside outside of church so it's just a heavy topic um, because of what a sense of community provides so whether people are in church or not you know that they don't even want to go to church. Community is something that everyone in some way, shape or form cares about. So even unbelievers care about community. So whether it's their local community that they live in or whether it's the communities that they choose to join, you know, whether it's uh, clubs, social clubs um, or any other types of friend circles that they choose to be a part of or join themselves to, it's still a some form of community. And so um, I just think that the topic overall is heavy because of what people seek community to provide for them. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't really think of the, the pandemic element of it, but um, yeah, um, as you mentioned, just the, the, the history of our relationships. Um, you know, I could think back to, you know, when I first got saved, um, you know, 20 some years ago and just um, even just a culture, even outside of church, just, you know, we long to be in each other's presence for longer periods of time. Um, you think about, just how fast-paced the world has become. And I think we even shared this on a, on a different episode, but just how fast-paced we've become. And so everything has been diminished as a result of that. And I, I think as the church, we have to learn how to slow down because we don't, sometimes we don't know what we've lost until it's way past and it's already become a, a figment of, of mm-hmm. what it used to be. And then we're like, wow, like, man, that's no longer here. And, and it's years removed and we've already set a different precedent. And so it's too hard to go back and say, okay, well, let's, kind of reestablish this um, and so um, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what I what I seek to do today is really just um, re-highlight um, some of those things because um, yeah I think that we um, we have definitely lost our, our footing on what it means to be in community as a body of Christ so um, yeah let's just get into it um, just def- a couple of definitions um, um, as, as I think as we think about community, we usually think about it in two different things. Um, I guess if you wanted to kind of say one was more of a, a secular approach 
uh, versus a, a spiritual approach. Um, you'd probably call one friendship and one fellowship. Um, and so mm-hmm. um, just kind of just took those words and just kind of defined them. So um, a friend um, is a person that is attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. Um, and then a fellow is a companion, a comrade, or an associate. Um, so kind of similar in some respects, but you definitely can see kind of, I think a fellow has a lot more um, connectivity to it, if you will. Um, whereas a friend can definitely have uh, more of an entry level um, component to it. Um, and then just um, adding um, kind of the suffix to that, uh, friendship is a friendly relation or intimacy. Um, fellowship is a community of interest. Um, and so I'm um, just kind of to summarize that fellowship is a shared interest. Um, mm-hmm. So if we just kind of take the, the root words of that, um, friend or fellow, um, I just kind of ask, what ship are you on? friendship or, or fellowship. So um, what, what are your thoughts kind of as, as we look at those definitions and kind of define those two? So literally as you're, as you're breaking this down, you know how last month when we were talking about trying and the definition of try and how man has redefined God's original intention of friendship, or I'm sorry, of the word try. And so I think when it comes to like a lot of um, biblical terms, um, the world has redefined what certain things mean to them. So if you ask a person in general, like, what does a friend mean to you? A lot of people will give you different answers on their own personal spectrum because of their own, you know, belief of what a friend means to them mm-hmm. um, and what friendship means to them personally. And so what I was, the image I was getting of as you were speaking was um, as children, right? Children make friends in seconds. I was literally watching one of the, uh, I like to watch cooking shows. And so um, I was watching a kid's um, cooking competition recently. And every time kids get eliminated or, uh, or kids even just talk about, um, you know, being on the show or whatever, they're always talking about their friends and they're not talking about their friends at home. They're talking about the new friends they just met on mm-hmm. that set in competition. And they have not known these kids before they got there. They have not known them for a long time but they are claiming them as friends and they're talking about how much they're going to miss their friends when they leave the competition and all these other things and all these great friends I now have, which means that they weren't just friends for right here. They plan even in their own little childlike minds to still have these friends when they go home. And I just think about all the times when we were kids, how easy it was. And even for our kids to make friends with any other kid that was around them and instantly, this is my best friend. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, the older we get, the idea of friendship gets complicated. Mm. And so um, when I think about when, when you're tagging that suffix ship to it, friendship and fellowship, um, I just thought about the image of a ship carrying people places. Mm. A ship is a large vessel that means it can fit a lot of people and a lot of cargo to take you from one place to another. And so when you look at, you know, as older us now, you know, when you look at that, and you're asking yourself, what ship am I on? What ship are my friends and I on? And where are we going in this relationship? And so that's why it's really important. You know, as kids, it's one thing to just befriend anyone, right? But the older we get, who we are friends with makes a difference. And um, where we're going makes a difference. Um, we can't just have purposeless friendships and relationships. But in friendships and life, we all contribute to where the ship goes. So when I think about a ship, 
it's a large vessel that can carry a lot of people and a lot of cargo from one place to another. And since it's going somewhere, you have to ask yourself, with this friendship that I have or these friendships that I have, where am I going and where are we going in this relationship? And um, obviously in real life, ships are navigated by a captain. So the captain is driving it and that individual is going to get you to where you need to go. But in these type of ships, um, every person that's on board is actually contributing to the destination of where the ship is headed. So that's what we have to kind of consider. Um, actual ships are designed to travel over oceans and seas. So they're, they're, they're designed, their purpose is for navigating over deep water. And so when I think about that, it you know brings me to the scriptures. Um, Revelation chapter 12, specifically, uh, verse 15, when it talks about how the devil... He um, has great wrath for the people of God and he casts out of his mouth water like a flood in order to drown us with his words, essentially. So if you think about just the onslaught and the barrage that the enemy, he's always um, the accuser of the brethren. He's always speaking day and night against us and he uses natural man and flesh against us as well. So um, if ships are designed to carry us carry people and carry things over water and the Lord um, is our ship. And he's also the captain of our ship. He carries us from one place to another and he helps us to navigate deep waters. You know, he helps us to navigate the the floods that come through the enemy as well. And so um, that's just one of the other thoughts I have. And the final thought I have about ship is just that one of the multiple suffixes for that word ship um, denotes a quality or condition. So when you're looking at your friendships and the relationships that you have, your friendships, your fellowships, um, what is the quality or condition of your relationship? And that's what I, I, I believe we're going to be getting into today. So what do you, what do you think about all that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely love the, the ship analogy. Um, and, <laughs> um, you know, when you ask the question, you know, where am I going or where are we going? Um, you know, it, it definitely speaks to the fact that we're going together. Um, and so, you know, when you think about community, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a unity, <laughs> you know, because the so, um, it, it definitely speaks to the fact that there's a oneness to that relationship. Um, and, and I think that that is, um, especially in today's, um, today's time, it's something that's not very, uh, that word unity is loose. Uh, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're in an age where, um, you know, you can be one, um, but be individual. Um, and so because mm-hmm. everybody wants to be themselves and, and um, not even just, you know, just your, your person, but just even just everything you want, your desires. I mean, there's 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 not really much sacrifice when it comes to friendships. And, and um, so for me, you know, when I think about, you know, the difference between um, identifying which ship are you on and where am I going, you really have to begin to start to identify and evaluate what is the goal? Um, and I, I don't think that many people, um, definitely not out, outside the body of Christ, but in the body of Christ, I don't, I don't know if that's really a question we're asking ourselves when we get into relationships. And so um, that I think is really a deep concept um, when you think about it in context of, a, of an illustrated ship of, look, we're in this together. So what does that mean? What is this? <laughs> when we say we're in this together, you know, what is that mm-hmm. this that we're, that we're navigating? What is that deep water that you're talking about? So um, that right. I think is really something that we have to begin to, to start to look at and say, hmm, am I thinking about my relationships that way? Um, 
and and I don't think you know even myself you know I, I have to think about the fact that man a lot of my relationships have been long term and so you know I was younger in the Lord and teenage years and so it wasn't like I thought about anything intentionally other than man we grew up together let's just continue to keep right that. and let's let's um, memorialize that more so than anything else and so uh, I think now as we begin to grow in the Lord we have to really think about hey we're in something we're we're, we're mm-hmm. working together so what does that identify so. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Um, and so I, I think if we're going to say, what ship are we on? Um, let's really just break it down to uh, friendship or fellowship. Uh, what ship mm-hmm. are we on? <laughs> uh, because I think yeah. that those two things can be uh, mutually exclusive. And so um, that, that's what I think about when, when I think about what you said. That's awesome. And I just want to add to what, that before you get to your next point that um, just kind of reiterating a little bit of what I just said is that uh, Childlike faith, you know, how the Lord says that we have to come or we should come uh, as children to the kingdom, right? We should become as little children when it comes to the faith. We should have uh, or tap back into that childlike approach to friendships in a certain aspect in order to really progress ourselves along. Um, Because some of us work a little bit harder than others in the friendship you know, capacity and even the fellowship capacity, which again, we can get into a little bit later, but if everyone does their part, then one person won't feel like they're doing all the work to contribute to the friendship or the fellowship aspect of the community that they're a part of. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me think of a, a scripture that I haven't necessarily wrote down, but it's definitely uh, apropos. <laughs> but I'm going to hold it right now. I'm put it in, keep it in the pocket for right now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so again, you know, friend or fellow, you know, what, what ship are we on? Um, and I think uh, when you think about being on a ship, um, you can only be on one ship, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, what ship are we on? And like you asked, you know, where are we going? Um, and so um, let's, let's just kind of look at, you know, the two ships, um, if we will. Um, okay. Friendship and then fellowship. So um, the components of friendship. Um, when you think about friendship, what do you think about? What comes to your mind? <laughs> well, a friendship to me is um, friends in a cliche form are the family that you choose, right? Mm. Um, you get to actually create this group of individuals that you have chosen to be close to you. And so if you're choosing to allow people to be close to you, then you have also granted them permission to essentially check you. Um, not just always applaud you, not just always support you, but also to be there to share concerns, share, um, you know, rebuke when necessary. And every time people hear the word like rebuke or to be checked, like, yeah, it, it seems like it's negative, but no one has to go off on you to get rebuked. Like you, you can get rebuked in a joking manner, but we're totally serious about what we're talking about. You yeah. can get checked in a, a lighthearted way, but I'm dead serious about what I'm saying because this is the truth. So, um, you know, a lot of times we want to surround ourselves with people that are just like us, look like us, agree with us all the time. And that's not like what true friendship is about. Um, Mm. So it makes me think about um, the scripture, Proverbs chapter 27, um, verse six. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, Wounds of a friend means that your friend has wounded your heart, like that this person hurt your feelings but they only wounded you and amplified it says that they corrected you out of love and concern. Mm. So if I am your friend and you know that I love you, you know, I'm not out here to like hurt your feelings because I'm a mean person. 
I love you and, and I'm in a position because of our relationship to be able to tell you what I believe and you're supposed to believe also is truth out of love. And if it doesn't sound like love to you, we can rewind that because every one of us that had parents who, who were disciplinarians know that we got beat down, we got punished, we got physically disciplined in one way, shape or form. But that didn't mean our parents hated us. The Bible yeah. gives our parents permission to discipline us with a rod, right. beat them, they won't die. You know, your spirit, you'll spare their soul from hell. And so all these things. Um, and, and later in the New Testament, he says that your, your parents disciplined you in the way that they saw fit. And it was, you know, whatever they wanted to do, but it was for your good. Um, so now don't despise the chastening of the Lord because the Lord is trying to discipline you for your good also, even the more. And so um, to tag on top of that, it pulls me to Galatians chapter four, which says, have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? So it's all good, friend, when we're just sitting here having a good time. We're talking about the word in fellowship sometimes, and the word is not stepping on my toes or convicting me. But now when the word starts to convict you because... Um, Maybe I'm telling you something through the word and letting you know, sister, brother, hey, this is this and this. Um, and I'm trying to correct you out of love or concern because I've seen some things that are not lining up because you're also a believer and I'm a believer. And so I'm sharing this with you. But now because it's, um, you know, truth and you're not on the right side of truth right now, am I your enemy? And that's what Paul was trying to say, because at that point in time, he was giving a lot of correction, a lot of exhortation and admonishment uh, to the people. And as long as he was saying things and applauding them for the good things that they did do, it was all good. But as soon as he started checking them and was talking to the brethren and believers about things that the brethren and believers were doing that were not looking like Christ, yeah. then all of a sudden there was opposition. And mm. so we have to look at ourselves, too, and see, like, are we offended when people that we considered friends or um, we claim to love and we thought loved us once they're telling us the truth is it now uh, all of a sudden there were, were enemies because they're telling you the truth they're not being malicious they're just telling you what thus saith the lord and you're just not happy about it so you're not resisting that person necessarily you're also resisting the lord yeah. because even as the children of israel would complain against moses and complain against aaron the lord said you're complaining against me so even though they're the people you're seeing and they're the people you're saying it to, what they're saying is through me and by me. And so you're actually complaining to me. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we don't just need yes men around us and people that are that just always co-signing and supporting everything you do and say, no matter how wrong and how foul you are. You should have people that are close in your life that you trust enough that are allowed to check you out of love and in love and not be offended when they do. There should not be offense in your heart, but you should be convicted. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. That, that's good. Uh, I, I want to highlight really one part of that. Um, and you were talking about um, the fact that we have the ability to select who's in our circle. Um, and not necessarily just for the, the accountability side, but just, just think about how friends are selected. Um, it's because of something that is similar to us so we have a similar mm -hmm. like we we met each other at the gym um, you know our kids are on the same soccer team things like that like we find something that's common and that creates a, a relationship uh, nothing wrong right. with that but i think that because of the fact that the relationship was formed superficially i think 
a lot of times we maintain that superficiality because of the fact that once we start getting deep, it's like, you weren't brought here for that. You know what I'm saying? You were brought right. in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that I seen you at the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't because of the right. fact that, like, I needed you to start. High. So I think even in that, again, it goes back to the ship of, like, when you're on the friendship, like, you weren't necessarily signed. You didn't sign on for that. Like, that's not what the contract stated. It was just, hey, we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't rock the boat, mm-hmm. basically. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, no pun intended. But I think that's really where, you know, we have to begin to evaluate ourselves in, again, our friendships is what is the goal? So when they get to that point where, like you said, the offense is there, you have to look internally and say, first of all, what are they saying? Why are they saying it? Why does it bother me? Like those things, I think we can't always just point to the other person and just say, hey, I don't like what you're saying. Think about why they're saying what they're saying. And, and yeah, they might have came off a little sharp and, and you know, they need to to deal with that but i think a lot of times we often will just put people off because they say something that's bothersome to us not that mm-hmm. it's hurtful but we got offended not that they were offending us yes. and so those are some things that we really when we look in, into what our relationships are for and what they're doing that's a heavy and and real component of relationship that i think we need that we are willing to shun people and burn bridges because we're okay being who we are and we don't want people Mm -hmm. to quote unquote change us when it's not the person changing you. They're pointing out, like you said, what the Lord said in his word, if you call yourself a believer, there's some things that are not lining up. I want to help you get there. You know what I'm saying? And so that is something that the person who's being the offended party, I think is the person that needs to really evaluate. Am I okay with letting people in like that? Number one, but then two, do I want the Lord to change me? And am I willing to look in the mirror and say, God, or there's some things I, I need to, to fix. So, um, yeah, the Lord puts people around us to allow that to happen. And, yes, that, that is a, a, a heavy component of friendship that we have to realize. Um, the Lord uses people in community uh, for those things to come out because uh, we need one mm-hmm. another. So. Yeah. And can I just say one last thing based off of what you just said um, yeah. on that is, when we are in the world before we turn our life over to Christ and we have a certain um, group of friends and associates before we cross over, I have personally experienced this and I know a lot of other people in church that have had the similar experiences that um, when you do decide to give up the lifestyle of whatever form of worldliness that you had, not everyone transfers over when you do come over to Christ. Right. And the reason is because your new life does not jive well with the life they still want to maintain. So even though you were even sometimes willing to maintain some of those associations and hope to possibly influence them and possibly uh, draw them over, they are no longer interested in you because the the, per, the point of commonality that you shared, you no longer share anymore. Mm. So if it was the if it was the world, if it was the club, if it was the alcohol, if it was the drugs, once you walk away from that and that was your gateway to the friendship, um, if that's what kept you the, as close and as tight and as whatever as you were, when you walk away from that, basically they consider that you walked away from us altogether. So yeah, good for you. That that's what you want to do, but we're done with you because you're not on what we're on. Whereas mm-hmm. us, we wanted to still like, we were still willing to call, you know, invite you to church and all this other type of stuff. And you're like, no, cause we're not into that. So that common interest point that you mentioned no longer exists. 
So now you're in to a different um, setting of friendships. And so now the friendships that we have inside of the Lord, um, there's even another break off too with what you just said as far as like the correction part, because um, we may have that, like you said, gateway superficiality, commonality. And then once one person Let's just say this person wants to be the shallow believer, doesn't want to live all the way holy, but they still want to come to church every now and then. And they still want to socialize with you and whoever else in the network is. But once you start trying to like actually influence, you know, behavior and lifestyle overall and really like live this stuff out and you're encouraging it, you're not being a Lord over them, but you're just trying to be a pattern because this is just who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, even within the body. Okay within the church, people will separate from you because you want more than what they want. And so we no longer have a commonality because when you were a shallow Christian and I was a shallow Christian, it was all to the good. Mm. But since I want the deeper things and I really want true holiness and you're not on that, that's going to cause a separation. Not because I am coming at you incorrectly, but just because I want more than what you really feel is necessary. Mm. And I feel like I've seen that a lot in church. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is a perfect, perfect segue. <laughs> in so many ways <laughs> and on so many levels. So I'm going to try to just, I'm a mentor, but <laughs> so what you just said, so if we look at root words and we're going back to that wordplay thing, but yeah. relationship. So what you just said basically says we no longer relate, which means we can't be a relationship. Mm -hmm. All right. Whether or not you actually said we ain't friends no more. <laughs> yeah. What did you do in your spirit? when Come those changes happen you know what i'm saying like we Come don't necessarily on. like want to walk around and just be like you know i ain't following this dude anymore i, I ain't with this dude right we'll, i mean on social media we know what we do you know we, we know what time it is and we'll un we'll block people we'll unfollow and all yes that stuff. but like in real life we're just like okay i'm just gonna not call that person anymore i'm just gonna not do x y and z and we really just stop trying um because of the fact that we felt like okay like there's just not a relation anymore which means there can't be a relationship mm -hmm. <laughs> right um and so mm -hmm. yeah and, and some obviously are are for our benefit i mean like you said you know when, once we move to christ there's definitely some relationships that we have to probably walk away from and we have to be at peace with that but there's others where yeah. i think um and i've definitely been there where um some very key relationships where i would choose to say you know what like i'm done for a season um but then the lord would check me and say well look if that's true community to you you have to look in my word and find a way to perfect that relationship, not con continue mm -hmm. to just walk away because those are relationships <laughs> that I have put in front of you that you have to be able to relate with. Um, and so, again, it goes back to kind of what I said earlier and kind of, you know, the points that you were making is that we have to be able to look internally because, again, where am I going? And if I have a purpose and the Lord has a purpose for this relationship, we have to do our part. And so we can't always just look at the other person and say, well, you're family, because that's not how it works all the time. And so if we understand the goal, we can then point to something that's common and say, well, look, because this is our intended purpose, how can we both align to that? And then we have a shared interest that allows us to be unified. Because I don't have to like everything you do, but if we're unified and we understand mm -hmm. the mission, then the mission should be what connects us and what keeps mm -hmm. us. Um, and obviously in Christ, <laughs> that mission if we understand the mission then we when we do correct it's because it's furthering the mission it's not because hey i don't like the fact that you don't like chocolate cake so 
I'm not going to talk to you until you start each other. It's not about that, right? And I think that's Mm -hmm. the superficial element of it. But in Christ, when there's a commonality and when there's an intended purpose, we can say, hey, because this cake is important, I need you to understand why chocolate is the way that you need to go. And so then we can have those conversations dynamically when we understand that there's a mission behind it. And if there's not, then we got to let some of that stuff go. And so that's another topic for another day. But yes, uh, the segue uh, then... (laughs) Uh, goes into fellowship. And, and I think that's why what you said was so important. So uh, talk to us about fellowship. Well, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is just that what we often see is shallow fellowship um, without friendship. Um, but real friendship does share, share in true fellowship. Um, in my mind, fellowship can typically happen without people being friends yet because you don't know each other. Um, but it should be centered around the faith in some capacity. Um, so people that are in fellowship should share a common unity, coming with unity um, in mind. And so, again, it brings me back to the whole community aspect, because if you look at any other, just pick one out of the sky, any other community agency, community group, no matter what it is, socially speaking, they are unified on that particular topic so and like you just said um even though you might not like everything that a person does or you know the little itty bitty things that don't matter you know they are over they literally overlook that they could care less honestly about pretty much anything else except the cause of why we're here and we don't see enough of that overlooking um certain things in the body of Christ when it comes to just focusing on the Lord. And I felt like, I believe that if we focus more on the Lord and coming with the Lord um, as our unifying point, then all the other isms and things that we don't like and the divisive things that we're focusing on could dissipate because if Christ is every individual's real and actual focus, then you're going to automatically be transformed and renewed because you're focusing on Christ and the mm-hmm. things of Christ. And as you focus on Christ, um, he begins to do things on the inside of you that now you're going to start looking like him and acting like him and being like him. And therefore all of that spirit and all of the fruit of God will come out and the, it will no longer be issues that you would even have to see or care about or not like because you're going to be more and more like him. The reason why we uh, don't see that happen is because we're so focused on the things that people are not and that we don't like so much. Our focus is really not on the Lord. It's on what he's doing, what she's not doing and all this other stuff. So we can't be uh, perfected and we can't be transformed and we can't be, you know, on our own self working on ourselves and letting the Lord actually just do the work on the inside of us so that, it works. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the thought that I that first comes No, it me. definitely does. And I'm, I'm going to say this comment raw, and then I'll explain it, because that's how it came to me <laughs> while you were talking. <laughs> and this is the context for this, so um, I'm just okay. going to let it go. So what you said, the reason why it doesn't happen that way is because we're, we're so human and not Christian. Right. And, and, and what I mean by that is that we're so focused on flesh, and, and not I don't want to say intentionally, but if we focus on the spirit, if we focus on our relationship with God, like you said, those things begin to dissipate because as Mm -hmm. 
Christ increases, so we decrease, right? So it's Correct. a natural flow that if we walk in the spirit, the Bible says we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, that's, that's cause and right. effect, right? <laughs> and we've mm-hmm. talked about these type of things, these practical applications on every episode, right? Um, I was right. actually going back, um, I listened this past week uh, to the first episode, and there were so many nuggets on that one that relates specifically to this one when we were talking about unity. Um, mm. But um, when you think about ourselves, um, the, the scripture that comes out to me right now is 1 Corinthians 13. And this is the one I was holding in my pocket earlier um, about mm-hmm. love. Uh, you know, love is not self-seeking, right? It keeps no record of wrongs, you know, these type of things. When you think about love, that's the greatest commandment, right? You know, to love God and love mm-hmm. people. So when you love well, you serve well, right? So the mm. fact that you have a better love means that you now, A, don't get offended so quickly. You're able to be uh, uh, slow to speak and quick to listen, right? Like there's so many things that, that are, that come into focus a lot more sharper when we love, right? When we tap right. into the spirit. Um, and and his way of thinking, right? You know, Romans twelve. We, we said numerous times, right? Be be renewed, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and so th- there's just so many elements that we just have to get out of ourselves, right? I mean, nobody likes to be told anything, right? Nobody. I mean, even constructive mm-hmm. criticism. I don't necessarily want to hear that, right? Even though it's constructive, you're still criticizing me, right? You're just saying it in mm-hmm. love. But even in that, like, I don't look at it as critique when I look at who's saying it and why they're saying it, right? Again as we understand love and as we understand, look, I need to get out of myself. The only reason why I'm offended is because it's true, right? <laughs> exactly. So if I was willing to just address it, I wouldn't need you to tell me anything. So now I'm mad at you for telling me because I didn't tell myself, <laughs> right? So again, we, we, we getting upset at things, but it's all internal. Like everything has a root cause. So we can't look at somebody right. and say, you're the reason why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. No, internally you have something that that's a mirror image that is now being brought up and that triggers something that because you didn't handle that, you're now going to put that on somebody else and say, well, you, it's your fault that I'm responding this way. No, I think the mm-hmm. Lord says you need to be gentle, right? <laughs> I mean, we can, we can, we can walk this yeah. all the way back and it comes back down to how much flesh are we going to maintain when we're trying to walk in the spirit? Right. So mm-hmm. again, fellowship, um, <laughs> I think that was what we were talking wow. about. Wow. Uh, <laughs> The reason why that's so profound is because one of the the biggest components of fellowship, and this is why this is so rich for me and so deep for me, is because Hebrews 10, um, Hebrews 10, 23, 24, you know, talks about um, stirring one another to love and good works. So my job is to provoke you to love and good works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am not going to apologize for stirring the pot, like flat out. Mm -hmm. My job is to stir you to that. (laughs) Yes, you might be offended. But because I love you, you'll get over it. If what I'm saying is right. a fact and something that I think you need to move into, I'm going to continue to love you and pray for you and, and cause you to walk towards Christ in a better way if I see that there's a flaw that you need to improve upon. I'm not going to just be the, the flaw police and just walk around and say, man, what can I look at to, to right. point out? But if my job is to stir you in that direction and there is a, a component of accountability that that needs to be encouraged then so be it and, and i think that mm-hmm. we look at accountability in such a way that we think it's such a bad thing all the time and it's like look there are great points of accountability <laughs> and mm-hmm. and i think because of the fact that we've distorted that that we don't want to get close to people because we think it's always going to be well they're just going to tell me what what's wrong all the time and it's like well that's not 
what it's for. And, and some people might be that way, and, and we need to, to call that out. But let that not be the reason why we don't get close to people. Um, let, let's mm-hmm. find a way to, okay, hey, you're always pointing stuff out. Let me be able to and then correct you by saying, hey, I know what you're doing, <laughs> but let's have some encouragement yeah. as well in, in, in the body. So, um, yeah, I, I think that we're, we're definitely starting to get closer to what fellowship looks like. Um, and and mm-hmm. you said something that was key, um, and I'll just kind of highlight this way, is that you can be in a friendship and not operate in true fellowship. So I, I think the yeah. way that you said it was that you can be in fellowship without yet being a friend yet uh, because of the fact that mm-hmm. we're, we're united. We're on the same ship. It's just like, again, we all go to the same gym, but we ain't workout buddies. You know what I'm saying? But we all have the same right. purpose of we want to get fit, right? And so, you know, in the spiritual sense, we're all in the same body, but we have not necessarily created a friendship yet but that doesn't mean that i'm not going to love you and serve you the way that christ tells me to serve you and have all those components of fellowship without the friendship yet being established so uh yeah yeah that's good and i just want to make one point about the accountability uh nugget that you brought out because i think that um what i see a lot is that people are selectively accountable like you will choose in certain settings when you want to be accountable and then you'll ask for someone to be like, Hey, you know, hold me accountable for this and that. But, um, I think when it's one of those things that you really are not fully committed to, or when you just know the state of your own self, that you're not, um, that you're still wavering, you're not going to voluntarily like tell someone, Hey, like be my accountability person or check, check me if you know, you see this or you see that. Um, there's so many things, and, and I know that I've said it at some point before, um, we as a society in America will allow people to critique or judge us in certain aspects. We vie for television programs to be on reality shows to be publicly, nationally, and internationally critiqued and judged um, on our performance of whatever the thing might be. But when it comes to actual living in real life, um, why do you feel like it's not necessary to have someone that, that again, is close to you, that loves you? We're not asking for people who don't know you on American Idol or, or America's Got Talent or a, a cooking program or anything. They don't know you from Adam. They're seeing a sample of what you have to offer and people who actually know you, walk with you in life, love you and care about you. And we can't really check you and we can't really tell you about yourself. Um, and it's not like the person who's checking you does not have uh, equal license, whether it's you as the person or someone else in their life to check them. Like it goes both ways. It's not like I'm checking you and no one can check me. Yeah. Like there are people in my life that are allowed to check me and they know who they are. So it's like I just might be happen to be the person who is uh, positioned in your life to be the one to check you. And sometimes it's literally back and forth. Like in our situation, like you have the right and the license to check me um, as my brother and as my friend, and I would welcome it. And and you allow me the same thing. So again, that's just something that we have to be mindful of. And we just, we have to take this stuff seriously. Because what is the point of, of saying that we're walking this Christian life and knowing that it is about being perfected and transformed um, if we're just going to live the same life we've always lived, but just go to church and not be chained. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I had a comment to that, but I'm going to move into the next piece because I think it speaks very close to that. And then we'll kind of connect. Mm-hmm. The so um, we're, we're talking about friendship and fellowship. And 
I think we've clearly established that there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. So I think in the body of Christ, we want that fellowship because we, we've identified that fellowship is there's a common goal. There's an intended purpose. Uh, we believe that fellowship is not superficial. Um, it's intentional. And so we want to move from friendship to fellowship. Um, and I think that when we think about moving from friendship to fellowship, um, not everybody's obviously going to be among that number of just the deep, close knit um, friends. We, we, we understand. That. So we know that that's reserved for VIPs. And so um, mm-hmm. I just want to go into three points um, using that, that word VIP. Um, you know, we think of it as very important people, but I'm going to say vulnerability, intimacy, and purpose um, when we think about mm-hmm. Um And what you just said um, speaks very um, distinctly to vulnerability. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. When I first heard that scripture, um, again, I got saved at 16. So, I mean, that's, that's a very, very popular verse. Um, heard it very early in, in my, my Christian walk. Um, and I always thought it was, okay, two people walking towards each other um, and you're iron, I'm iron, we're, we're the same metal. And so we can, we can sharpen each other. That's always the way I always interpreted that. Until a few years ago, um, when I got really heavy on this fellowship walk and I realized uh, that I was missing a word and not that I was wrong, that my definition of, of the passage was wrong, but I missed a word out of that passage and it was countenance. Um, and it says, mm. so a man sharpened at the countenance of his friend. What is countenance? Uh, you know, that, that, is, that is our face. That is our, our, our being. That is our, our character. Mm-hmm. Um, the emotional element. Um, I think that we often leave off the fact that, like, our responsibility as friends is to be vulnerable, um, as fellows to be vulnerable. Um, I don't think that we are able to be vulnerable because there's not a safe space for that. And so when you were talking about the fact that we'll share certain things, I think even in our sharing, we're so superficial because I think what happens, um, and we've all been guilty of it, is we'll share what we know is a common sin, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, like, oh, yeah, I got road rage. Yeah, I I flipped so-and-so off or I cussed him out. Yeah, I wanted to do such and such. And we'll say something that we know other people would identify with. So it makes us feel Mm -hmm. okay to have that sin. Because ain't nobody really going to do anything about that. But at least I got it out that I do it. So it's, it's okay to say <laughs> it, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so we're not necessarily vulnerable with the secret sins. But we'll be right. vulnerable with the common sins that we feel like everybody really just vibes with. And so um, that, I think, is where fellowship really makes its money is when we can get into the secret place, right? Um, even mm-hmm. with God, right, is... You know, we we can't say we're in fellowship with God, but we ain't got no quiet time, right? And so even yeah. with, with our friends, if we don't have that safe space, we're not really going to get to the part where you're actually going to be seeing life change because we're so common and comfortable that it, it just, it's so like, yeah, me too. And it's it's always a yes. Like, okay, like, I, I relate to that. But what about when you no longer relate and you have to actually be like, okay, look here, this little spot right here. Like that, yeah. that's, that's, that's not of God. Right. Or this thing right here, you know, I would advise you to do such and such. And, and, and we begin to help people look like Christ, because I think if we understand it like this, we're all flawed people trying to look more like Christ. 
every day. Right. And so there's times where we're encouraging one another in the journey and there's not necessarily accountability. There's just encouragement. And then there's the accountability piece where we're actually speaking specifically to a, a, a habit or, or, or something to that effect. We're advising, we're counseling. Mm-hmm. And so there's two components of it. So there's times where you're doing it well and we're just, we're cheerleading. Um, and then there's times where you're not. And so I think the vulnerability piece is when we see areas where it's not necessarily out front, or maybe it is out front and nobody's really correcting that because to them, mm-hmm. it's not really a big deal. That's where we, we are. It's important and, and imperative that we realize that that situation can't continue to be because our testimony and our representation of Christ is connected to those yeah. things that we're allowing to be so common and so fickle. So, um, exactly. yeah, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I have like a four shot <laughs> bullet thing that I want to give right now. But the first thing I'm going to say is um, what you said about, man, I'm just going to use the scripture because it's going to answer it. Okay. Galatians chapter six verses one and two the first word he says is brothers Mm. and before i even finish the scripture this just um ties the scripture with what you're saying is because if we look at our ourselves and regardless of what circle or um scenario of that vip and i the comment that i said earlier that friends are the family that you choose when we're looking at these vips and the vulnerability um if we look at each other as siblings in Christ, mm. like you're my actual sibling. You're my actual brother that was born to me through the earth. So you're more than just my brother in Christ. You're actually my brother in life. Yeah. So when you look at like an actual, if you have siblings, okay, whether they're sisters, brothers or whatever, whatever siblings you have, um, me being the oldest child, I can speak to this more so, but anybody who's older siblings knows that older kids set the tone for the younger ones. You're supposed to show them how you're supposed to do things. You're supposed to take care of them. You're supposed to lead them. If the things that you even said, like showing them this or showing them that, um, that's what siblings do, especially when you're the older siblings. So um, if you look at yourself as a believer who is a brother and you're, you're trying to correct another brother who is a younger believer, um, so you're the older brother in the spirit, um, this is what this is what this is about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So as family, we are in that same house and we live together. So I can tell you like behind the scenes, hey, like we can't be doing this or you can't do this or whatever, whatever. Have it out in the house and whatever. Um, in this sense, Galatians speaks to this because it says brothers. Again, we're addressing each other as family. If anyone is caught in any sin, any one of the family, right? Any one of the siblings. You, brothers, who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the spirit, according Mm. to Galatians, Amplified. And I love this version of it because he's saying the ones of you, brothers, siblings, that are spiritual, you who are responsive to the guidance of the spirit are to restore the person in a spirit of gentleness. So the sibling who is not spiritual at this time. you need to restore them in the spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness. Like I'm the big brother, do what I say. I'm the big sister, do what I say. No, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Mm-hmm. Carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, which is what you said, Christian love. Yes. 
So, so again, all of this, if we look at each other in that light, then we'll feel like it's a safe space. And when I tell you probably the last, this is 2021. So probably the last five years of my life, that word safe space, safe space has been like resounding in my uh, ministry network. And it's something that um, we greatly value in the, in not just um, my, my peers, but like, there are so many people who at all levels need a safe space. And I have been very blessed to hear that um, I have been used as a safe space for a lot of people in numerous ways. And so when you allow people to feel that you are safe and they are safe to come to you and, and to even be ministered and not even know that they need to be ministered to, but they just feel safe around you, ministry can happen naturally. So I wanted to say that for first. And then I'm just going to just real quick shot three verses too. Um, Proverbs 13, 20, Proverbs 1 and 5 and Proverbs 1 and 7. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Associate with fools and you get in trouble. Every time I see that word fool in the Bible, it always brings you back to Proverbs chapter 1 and 7. Um, but I I'll say verse 5 first, which says the wise will hear and increase their learning. So like we said on the other side in Galatians, that the, the brothers who are spiritual are the ones who are responsive to the guidance of the spirit. Mm -hmm. That's how you become spiritual, because those of us who really are responding to the guidance of the Holy Ghost in our lives, we become spiritual because, like I said before, um, we want the deeper things. We don't want a shallow relationship with the Lord. We're not just going the motions we don't just do this just to check off a box we really want to be perfected and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds we want our lives our lives our lifestyles to be examples first of all pleasing to god and then secondly as examples to others because we know that that's what we are here for um but then it continues to say a person of understanding will acquire wise counsel and the skill to steer his course wisely and lead others to the truth. And then finally, Proverbs 1 and 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So a fool is you if you are a person who despises wisdom and instruction. So if you hate, do not receive, reject instruction, this is you. If you do not want wisdom, which is the skillful application of the, in, the knowledge that you comprehend, this is also you. Mm. And I now pass it back to you, mm. my dear brother. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I really want to camp out on this vulnerability thing because this, I think this is where the rubber meets the road, to be honest with you. And it's hard to be in fellowship when we're not vulnerable, just flat out. I mean, mm -hmm. if we're not willing to have or create that safe space. And so this is where the admonishment comes in is that those who are spiritual, if you're listening, create a safe space because Amen. this is not saying like, I mean, the passage said you who are spiritual, not you who are holier than thou. Um, and you read right. it in an amplified version, which I mean, I encourage everybody to get an amplified Bible because straight up, <laughs> like the way that this was stated, this is how when people think that they know something, they can say it wrong. I mean, I just sat here and, 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 and was telling you about Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. you know, how we sometimes, you know, if we don't really study words and, and study context, we can walk around as the accountability police, right? And so yeah. this is straight up saying, look, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person. So there's two things that are really happening there is not you to say, hey, you heathen, 
um, first of all, we're brothers, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it says to restore. So your responsibility is not to cast them off, but to bring them back, <laughs> to bring them right. closer, right? So that safe space has to be a, a space where they understand and where they feel that you're actually working on their behalf. Um, I like something you said, and I'm going to go to a scripture that probably doesn't make sense to this particular thing, but I'm going to say it because there's a word that I want to generalize. And it's 2 Timothy 2.15, and it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you were talking about those who are spiritual. So I use it from Mm -hmm. that standpoint is that we got to study. Like, how do we get spiritual? (laughs) We study, right? But (laughs) Amen. But the the word that I want to use there is workman. Um, because it doesn't say the pastor, the, uh, the elder, come on, everybody. Right. So yeah, that, that is a generalized <laughs> command and, and a, and a mandate. I, I think it goes back to the fact that, um, it's not saying, um, you know, you who are pastors, you who are elders, it says you who are spiritual. Mm-hmm. So that means that we all have the capacity to be spiritual. <laughs> uh, number one, right. but number two, um, that because we all have the capacity to be spiritual. That means we all have the responsibility to create that safe space, not just the mm-hmm. pastor or the elder or the mature or the, the, the bigger brother, bigger sis, all of us. Um, so even me at times, I get to be as younger brother. I get to be big brother in the faith and say, hey, you know, in this particular instance, hey, thus saith the Lord. And so and, and we're all in, the, in this together. And so because we're all workmen, we all receive equally and we all should have the same spirit about receiving so uh that's what mm-hmm. i want to do as I, as I cap that off because um i, I think that um yeah if, if we can get vulnerable and if we can really recognize that we need to be there for one another and create this space it allows us mm-hmm. to really take that next step as opposed to just always having the hey so did you catch the game how's the weather i mean we get to really talk about right. things of, of importance because now we're talking about life <laughs> right we're not exactly. just talking about things that are going to come and go, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and again, it's not about me always changing your life, but we get to talk about things that actually matter. So me, every time I talk to you, like, we don't even really talk about sports. We don't talk about anything that, that is superficial. I mean, we just get on the phone and it's all about Christ. You know what I'm saying? And even in mm-hmm. things that might seem um, elementary, <laughs> we're quoting scripture in, in those things. And so, <laughs> and, and I, I appreciate that. And that fuels me because we get to have life but attach Christ to that because Christ is our life. And and so right. when he is your life, that should be something that just bleeds out of you. It shouldn't be something that we have to put in our back pocket when we're going out to, to dinner and when we're doing these things. And so those, again, when I'm evaluating my friendships, it's do I have to hide Christ when I'm hanging out with you, mm-hmm. especially when you're in Christ? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's a problem. And so that, that's on. one of the, you know, I want to go to Galatians 6 as I end this podcast and say, hey, because you're, we're in Christ, we we gonna be talking about Christ, or uh, you might have to go back to the friend zone. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we fellowship and let's, let's be about that, that uh, business, and we're not, like you're gonna go ahead and stay in the friend zone because yeah. fellowship is friendship on purpose. And so, if we're gonna be on purpose, then I'm gonna be about purpose. And if we're not, then stay in your lane, and and we can just keep it there, and we can just be, you know, when I see, I'll see you when I see you type of thing. And and I don't mean to say that disrespectfully, but. It's, it's right. coming to that point where that's a fact. You know, if, if I can't talk to you about the Lord and that's the most important thing to me and you're telling me that's the most important thing to you, somebody got to evaluate their life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's and, right. And, and that, that's just the truth. So, uh, yeah, we can move on unless you had another point. But uh, no, nope, yeah. that's good stuff. I'm ready for the next one. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so yeah, VIP again. So first one was vulnerability. Second one is intimacy. Um, and I just have here time equals attraction. Um, but it's also what you do with that time. So um, Proverbs 18.24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So uh, we just talked about brothers in Galatians 6. Um, Acts 2.42 has probably been my favorite scripture over the last year. Um, and to me, mm-hmm. I feel that this is the... Um, this is the foundation of the church, not just the early church, but if we are to model ourselves after Christ and what the example was, I think that there's something that was done there um, mm-hmm. that we should probably think about. So um, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, the fact that um, <laughs> so much happened on that day, um, and I'll let you get into mm-hmm. that if you want to expound upon that, but the fact that what we saw take place means that mm-hmm. there's probably some validity to what's happening. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the question is, what do we do with our friends? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love to have fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, we, we joke around. I mean, there's so much laughter that happens on this podcast. So don't think that I'm coming with just this, this uh, fiery zeal that I just want to just tell you to turn and burn. I mean, there, there's a fun and there's a lightheartedness also that comes to what we do. Um, I mean, I have probably more, more board, board games than anybody that I know. I love to have fun. I love to get it in. I love to go to the movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I love all of that stuff. But if that's our end-all, be-all, then there is no, that, that's our ceiling, right? And so we have to have true intimacy and true purpose to what we do. Otherwise, we're going to reach a point where, like you said earlier, there's going to be an offense to what happens because there's no establishment of our relationship because of the fact that it's not centered upon Christ. It's centered upon the fact that you know Christ but that's not what's, what connects us. <laughs> that's just, mm-hmm. that's what got me in the door. Like I saw you at the gym, but we ain't going to be working out together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's, right. we have to begin to realize that if we're going to be about this, that it has to connect us together as well. So mm-hmm. um, your thoughts. So two things. I mean, the first thing, um, when you said time equals attraction, that, that part in itself, is really resonating with me, the time factor, because um, I'm really just big on time management, which you know really well. Um, and, and people that have been around me in general just know that I'm a big a stickler when it comes to time and usage of time. Um, but when I teach on time, the subject of time management, whether it's inside of like the ministry aspect or just in general, like because time management, everyone on earth really needs, um, you know, help with that kind of topic. But um, when you just kind of audit yourself about the time that you spend and the, and the people that you spend it with and the activities that you're doing with those people when you spend the time, um, that kind of speaks to this point of like priority. And so when you said that, you know, when you and I talk and stuff like that, it's majority about the Lord, but we are also getting it in. So like when you're physically here or I'm physically there, or we're physically together, like we do activities, sure enough. Okay. But the conversational aspect and even some of the activities that we do, um, God is in the activity. Oh, like, oh. And, and we didn't try to bring him in the activity. But like when you have a lifestyle that is just literally devoted to the Lord and just so consumed with the Lord and he's your delight, he's with you all the time. It's not like we're just pulling him out whenever, you know, like we just want to pull him out. He's always there. And so that's the first thing I want to say, because that kind of goes to one of the things we alluded to earlier about the shallow friendship and the shallow fellowship, because 
when certain people are less interested in the Lord, that's what creates the shallowness of the fellowship. Because um, here, I, I, I want to just plug the verses too, because this will kind of touch on that. Um, you use Acts 2, 42, and I'm going to use 41, 42, 44, and 46. And I'm going to read it again from Amplified just so that it, it brings that extra uh, you, uh, that, that we need. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. So it says, so then those who gladly received this message, gladly accepted his message, were baptized. And this was when Peter was, um, you know, preaching, repent, be baptized, every one of you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So he, these are the people in response to his preaching. The people, those who gladly accepted his message were baptized. And on that day, about 3000 souls were added to the body of believers. Now, imagine that if your church has 3000 people, look at that, no matter how many it has. But just imagine your church that has 3000 people. Okay, that's how many people um, were added to the body of believers. And look, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles. Mm. First of all, the instruction of the apostles was what? the message of Christ, <laughs> how to be saved, how to live like God, right? This was what their message was. So they, these believers, these new believers, these 3000 people were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction, first of all, and to fellowship, which you're now talking about, and to eating meals together mm. and to prayers, <laughs> okay? Mm. Can you go down that checklist, first of all, and just check yourself about are you continually and faithfully devoted to the instruction of the apostles? Are you devoted to fellowship? Are you devoted to eating meals together with other believers? Are you devoted to prayer? Hmm. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, <laughs> but I'm just saying, ask yourself this. Moving on, verse 44 says, and all those who had believed in Jesus as Savior were together and had all things in common considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. So imagine, again, your church, 3,000 members, everything you own belongs to everyone in the church. Just imagine everything in your house, your vehicle, in the driveway, um, your clothes in your closet, your shoes. It's up for anybody that needs it. Anybody can come to your house any day of the week and just go through your closet and take what they need. If anybody needs your vehicle, come get the keys. This is what they were doing, okay? And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with all the other believers as anyone had need. So now you have a house that you just bought or that you've owned for a while. It's been in the family, no matter what the case is, but you own your house. Maybe you have a few houses. And so this says that they began to sell their property and other stuff that they had so that they could share the proceeds with all these 3,000 members and plus that were being added to the church. Because it says that 3,000 were added to the body. It doesn't mean that 3,000 were the body. That means mm -hmm. added to what was already there. Yes. So, okay, now I'm selling my house. Would you sell your house for your church members? Would mm -hmm. you sell your house for me personally? I have a need. Would you, would you sell any other piece of property for me? So it says as anyone had a need. So not only that, they were vulnerable even here to share the need that they have among the body of believers. Mm. Okay, 46 says, day after day, this means every day, they met in the temple, a.k.a. the church, continuing with one mind, a.k.a. one accord, and breaking bread in various private homes. That means they rotated houses and said, I'm going to host dinner today, you host dinner tomorrow, or 
20 people are going to host dinner over here and everybody's going to divide up and go to 20 people's house. How about that? And they were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts. Mm. That, that in itself just preaches everything that this, even, that this topic has to do with. But again, if, if Christ is not our main priority, then we're not going to be devoted to each other to want to be around each other for fellowship, for prayers, for breaking bread, for dining together, for all the stuff. So that, this is why you see that disconnect when people that are supposedly your friends who are believers, if they don't want to do these types of things with you or it's not with joy and generous heart, it's because their joy is not the Lord, yeah. to be totally honest with you. They would. They did their time when they showed up on Sunday. Coming to Bible study in the middle of the week is extra if I can make it. But look, nothing more because I don't have time for this. This is not my priority. This is your priority. I did my time for this week, and I'll see y'all next Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is why I use this as the foundational um, evaluation for a church. So which of these four things are we doing well? Because if, if we can look at the church, obviously as the building and the organization, but even as us being the church, like you said, which of these four things are we doing well? And I always tell people when I, I speak about this topic is like, look, we do two of these well, but I think the two that we do well are distorted. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we fellowship and we eat. Those are actually combined as one to most people. And fellowship actually was not, really what we described it as being today it was just like hey you're a christian i'm a christian let's eat and so we're kicking it we're christian so we're fellowshipping and we're eating so then we're, we're good and i don't think that we had the spirit of acts 242 when we were doing it therefore it was just mm-hmm. a meal you know what i'm saying it was a date right um, and so yeah this i think really just speaks to the fact that like you said uh, i mean this is going to be vulnerability and intimacy combined and obviously purpose but um when you think about the fact that they were selling and giving as they were. They, yeah. That's, I think about it like this. And I was thinking about, you know, how many people would I give my organs to? Mm-hmm. Like, I would stop heaven <laughs> for my children, right? I mean, if, if they needed mm-hmm. a loan or what have you, like, I wouldn't even think about it, right? We would just go out and do it. We'd give our blood. We'd do all of that thing. But right. like you said, would we do that to anybody who had a need? Like, if they were in our community and, and they said, hey, if I don't get this, I won't survive. Or if I don't pay my rent, then I'm getting kicked out. What would we do? Oh, let me pray for you, brother. <laughs> I mean, gr- prayer's great, but clearly <laughs> what they're asking for is that amount of money, which means, okay, you're praying for that right. to happen, which now you have information that says, can I make it happen? You know what I'm saying? And so I mm-hmm. think that's what they were. They were moved. It, <laughs> we probably need to pray that God makes us that person, not necessarily that a miracle happens because what is the likelihood of that actually happening and you actually having the faith to connect to that miracle happening i think that again that comes back to our spirit is do you even trust that the prayer you're about to give is actually going to come to pass or Mm -hmm. do you have the capacity to 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 fulfill that prayer or that need so exactly uh, there's so many components to this that i think man like (laughs) we really could do so much to this but i I know we got to move on but man um yeah, this, this scripture, I mean, <laughs> so it, good, so much for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, purpose. Um, Hebrews ten twenty three through twenty five is is what sticks out to me, and um, I, I really want to just kind of hit that in an acronym 
um, later on um, as we kind of, you know, bring it to application and how we can practice fellowship. Um, so I'll kind of leave it a little bare here, but, um, you know, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, um, this kind of what sticks out to me. Um, and let me just go there real quick. Um, yeah, like I said, this has just been my theme scripture for probably some years, uh, at least. Um, yeah, there's so much. Um, I, I typically only focus on 24 with what I'm saying, but um, just in, in full context, um, 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Again, going back to the destruction of the apostles and acts for he mm-hmm. is, for he is faithful that promised. Verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Um, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Again, they were meeting daily, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So mm-hmm. the purpose is to provoke unto love and to good works, mm-hmm. uh, to exhort one another, and to recognize that, that the day is approaching where Christ is coming back. And so because of that, we are to hold fast to our profession of faith, without wavering in the I mean, there's so much that, that is in this. So there's a singleness to it, which is we personally have to hold our professional faith. But what helps right. us in that is to stir one another to love and good works and to exhort them because of the fact that that day is coming and we want to endure until the end. And so our encouragement mm-hmm. on connecting to one another helps that situation to happen. So when we're by ourselves, um, you know, we, we know the scripture that, you know, um, one can can put a thousand to fight. Two can put ten thousand. Uh, we know right. that uh, you know a three core strand is not easily broken. I mean, we know all of those scriptures about connection. Now we have to make our connection stick. And what is that purpose behind that? So again, I want to leave it there because I have a lot more to say on this particular passage. So I'm going to kind of let you mm-hmm. go um, before I, I close up. Yeah, I think my my biggest things are going to be a little bit later with. Um kind of the other part that you have with this but the two things I wanted to just fit here are um, who we really are choosing as friends matters Um, because if you're saying the purpose is to motivate exhort and recognize the Lord is returning then those that we're choosing to draw in close to us their influence and our, and our influence, you know, towards them matters. And so the two scriptures I just want to use is Proverbs 22, 24, um, and 1 Corinthians 15, 33. And that says, to make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, thou shall not go, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. And then uh, do not be deceived. Bad company or evil communication corrupts good morals, manners, character. And so... Um, if, if it's like this to the negative, which means that evil will influence you um, or has the capacity to influence you to be evil um, and you can learn an angry person's ways, then the converse should be also the applicable that um, someone who is godly or good, um, you can learn to be like them. Um, you can be able to rub off on them or they can rub off on you if you choose them as your friend. Um, so that's why associations matter. And if you, as a parent um, of, of even children who at any age that you saw, maybe like the middle years, um, you can kind of start 
drawing that line like, hey, I, I want you to watch out for the, this type of person or these particular kids because they're doing some bad things. I want you to stay away from that. Because if, if you're trying to bring up your child to, to behave and conduct themselves in a certain manner, um, you don't want the bad influence of others around them. And even ourselves, we can remember being told who to avoid and, and what types of people to um, keep ourselves away from because of that very thing. And this is where it comes from. So we can't be deceived that you know, if you think you can just go to any old kind of place and be with any old kind of people that, you know, if you allow yourself to be loose and not be the light, if you're not intentionally in an environment and you're representing, you can't just sit yourself in any place and just think that you're going to just, you know, not walk away because that environment still is um, seeping into you. You are consuming the the things on the outside. So the, the foul language that's being said, the, the, the jokes, the, everything that's not right in that environment is coming into you one way or another. And if you're not being a, a purposeful light in that situation, um, then there's no reason for your presence to be there. And that's all I really wanted to say on that, that particular point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll just kind of wrap it up this way. Um, you know, we talked about SHIP at the beginning. Um, and so kind of just using that in an acronym is how can we practice godly fellowship? Um, and so um, four, four ways I think we can do that um, is study, huddle, insight, and practice. And so I'm um, just kind of using uh, that Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, um, and kind of breaking that down. Um, I think that um, that speaks to these four elements, as well as I think even Acts 2.42. Um, I think they, they are definitely companion um, scriptures as we look at that. But um, study, um, verse 24, um, again says, consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Um, the study to that is consider how. Um, so we should be looking at how we can stir one another. So it's not just the fact that we should be doing it, but constantly looking for ways to make sure that we're intentional about what we do. Um, you know, focusing on our faith and our fellowship. Um, mm -hmm. Thinking about the fact that um, we should always be others focused, right? Not always thinking about ourselves, but stirring one another. Um, you know, mm -hmm. obviously the first one said, you know, to keep our faith intact and, and to not waver. So that's the part that focuses on us. Um, but as we're doing that and as we're continuing to sharpen ourselves and be look more like Christ, um, that should be a reflection that we can then also share with others and help others along that journey, whether they're, we consider them weaker, stronger, the same. Uh, it doesn't matter. Our job is to just stir them and push them uh, in that direction. And so always constantly thinking about how we can consider, I think, is, is something that's important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have, any, you have any thoughts on that one? No, I, I think you hit it on the head. Um, it's a constant, um, it's a constant thing, you know, whether you have the same people or new people coming into your life, you know, just looking at ways um, that are, and that are just even fresh of, of engaging people and connecting with people, reaching them where they are, and then just kind of stepping outside of your box. So I think you just hit it on the head. All right. Um, second one is, is huddle. Um, so verse 25 says not neglecting to meet together. Um, you know, I, I say it like this, uh, you need, you need church as much as an out of shape gym member needs a weight room. Um, so <laughs> we have to meet. And you mentioned it earlier about COVID, um, that, you know, to some, this has kind of been an, an unfortunate, 
way of them just kind of not being a part of the body anymore. Um, a lot of people obviously have either just reverted to just solely online um, or not at all. And so, um, you know, we definitely have an uphill battle in terms of huddling, um, but um, we have to do that. Um, and then the key word to that is but um, in that. This is not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. And um, it, it implies that we're not just supposed to go to church, <laughs> but Mm-hmm. It's something that we do when we're at church, right? Um, and so we're supposed right. to be encouraging. There, there's a, because there's a lot of people that believe that they don't have to go to church, that they can just do online. And there's no fellowship mm-hmm. with being online. And so I think as we understand the purpose, it helps us to then respond differently. And so, um, yeah. yeah, your thoughts on that one. So this kind of merges your first point of study and huddle together. So if you look at yourself as like a study group in school, like when you're in high school or junior high and like, you study with your friends, um, you brought yourself together for the purpose of studying for a particular test or the material that you're working on or doing homework together, right? So even in this aspect, you can study the word of God um, and not just your typical in-church small group, like you as your friends could consider ways of how to motivate one another through your own individual study groups. So huddling together um, on in things I like to talk about as faith oriented activities. So even if it's not like we're doing a Bible book or a Bible plan or a study um, thing through the word, it still should be faith oriented activities. You know, I've done uh, event outings where I had a group of us that would go and see a faith-based film. And that was an actual opportunity to be fed in our spirit. But then like our fellowship afterward was good. We had prayer before we'd have prayer after, um, we had conversation after. So it wasn't just like general um, things, but all of the other points that we've been talking about are able to come into play when you have faith-oriented activities because sometimes it takes doing other types of activities, but still allowing Christ to be the focus of why we gather together. Um, and so I love, you know, that was a way to kind of think outside of the box of how can I gather us together? How can we still make Christ our focus? But then how can we still add elements of fellowship in here? Um, so that's one thing. Um, and in intentionality, you should be intentional about the meeting together. Um, and in my case, I'm just using that as an example. That was me planning it. But then also the others that I invited have to commit and then show up. So if you are a person um, that is a planner, more power to you. But if you're a person who isn't necessarily a planner, but you get invited to something, if you commit um you should actually show up. And so again, your lack of commitment or your lack of showing up will, will show some of the, the points that we talked about earlier, whether Christ is your um, priority, true fellowship and true relationship is really your priority. Like these are things that you really need to plan for and um, care about. And then the last point I want to add is that when you talked about encouraging, the, the point of this is to be encouraged. And so not just when you go to church on Sundays, is anyone in the building really encouraging you? You're hearing the word and it may or may not be encouraging directly to you. But as you said, as workmen that need not to be ashamed, every individual um, and every brother and every sister, every sibling in the body of Christ can encourage people. And so what that means The word itself literally means to put courage into someone or Mm. into something and to be discouraged when you feel discouraged is because you have a lack of courage or you have lost courage. And so um, I love to always plug numbers 13 and 14 because those two chapters are huge on this topic of courage and huge examples of um, 
people being used to encourage or discourage people. Um, Caleb and Joshua, we know, are two of the 12 spies that were actually uh, rewarded and lauded, praised by the Lord for actually standing in courage and actually speaking encouragement to the people in, in the face of 10 other leaders, not just average people, 10 leaders who were also among uh, Joshua and Caleb who were discouraging the people based on what they saw in their spying of the land. And so um, we all have a power to discourage people by what we say and what we do. And we cannot, no one's exempt from that. Leaders are not exempt from that. You can have a pastor and that pastor can actually um, instill fear or discouragement. Um, and so you really need to be able to have people that as we're committing ourselves and devoting ourselves to the instruction of the word of God that will pour out encouragement. And that's what we are to do to one another. When you feel discouraged, I should be able to pour encouragement into you. If I'm feeling discouraged, you should be able to pour encouragement into me. And that's what we are here for as the, as huddling and meeting together. Hmm. That's good. Um, that actually brings me perfectly to my next point, um, which is in sight. Um, <clears throat> this is considering one another to provoke unto love and good works. And so in sight or provoke the same word. Um, the questions to ask are, am I an influence and am I intentional? Um, mm -hmm. When you were talking about um, what you just said, um, you know, and this is a book that I read some time ago. Um, it's not necessarily a, a Christian book per se, um, but it, it's written by a Christian, I believe. Um, and the book is called Friendish. Um, and it just talks about relationships and, and the fact that she just kind of felt that her um, her circles were just kind of just um, they're kind of dissipating. They're kind of superficial, and a lot of things we're talking about. But um, she said something um, that was super profound, and it said context usually shapes what feels appropriate. Um, hmm. And kind of one of the examples is that you know if you go to the gym, um, you can ask somebody about their weight, um, and so. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, you can't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, how much you weigh? You know, are you working on that? You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but I mean, if, if you don't work out, I mean, that's a different conversation, right? And, and you can do that. Mm -hmm. So it goes to your point that you just made um, about Christ. Like, that should be something that is always a part of us, um, especially for people that are of the faith. So we should not be uncomfortable <laughs> when we talk about Christ to other believers. Right. Um, and so right. that's not something that we're able to do. Uh, like I shouldn't be ashamed or apathetic and sharing my faith. Mm -hmm. If we if we have the same faith, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, <laughs> again, like I I want to I want to be able to stir people to that. And and again, this is something that is really going to hit heavy for me because there are some friendships that I want to evaluate and say, look, we have to present Christ in such a way because of the fact that I admire your faith and I and. And I think that your service to God is important because we have that. There has to be something that that connects us that you can share with me or I can share with you that should help us. It shouldn't be that, hey, you serve Christ and you go to a different church and you're all the way over there and I'm all the way over here. Like that has to be something that we can find a way to encourage one another in this mission, not say, mm -hmm. hey, well, I'm glad you're doing it. OK, we got you. Let me go find somebody else. And then we just we're just evangelists, but not disciplers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we, we got we got to get to the place where we're, we're able to 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 provoke. And again, mm -hmm. that's not a negative word. I'm not trying to use that in a negative context, but 
my responsibility and I'm more of a disciple than an evangelist. So this hits home for me because I want to be able to have conversations of the faith where we're connecting each other. Like I have conversations with you and just by, by sheer fact of just talking about the Lord, I'm encouraged. Um, I'm taking mm-hmm. notes. Um, there's things mm-hmm. that become more clear. I mean, there's a fruit to doing it. So it's not just like, Hey, you should just be talking about Jesus and just make everything about Jesus. That's not necessarily, yeah. I mean, yes, but it's not that invasive, you know? And, and so we make it such yeah. a bad thing where it's like, why do we always have to, why do, why do we always have to talk about Christ? And it's like, well, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when we can look at the yeah. state of the world and be so um, appalled at the sin and, and the, the lawlessness and all of that, why wouldn't we talk about Christ? Because that should mm-hmm. propel us to want to do more about the state of the world because without Christ, it's not going to change. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm not talking right. about Christ, I'm basically condoning what's happening because there's nothing I can do to change that if we're not provoking you to love and good works, right? Because we all have a mission mm-hmm. and your mission might be to help some of those issues that I can't touch because that's your gifting and your skill set. So yeah. there, there's so much connected to this that we have to realize that if we're not provoking people, we're being passive because that's the mm-hmm. opposite. So, yeah, what do, you, what do you have on that? Okay, I'm going to try to be brief, but you said something that <laughs> really struck me. You said, if we all have the same faith, and I would venture to say that we don't. What we do have is we share, we may share the object of faith, but we don't all have the same degree of faith. So what I mean by the object of faith is Jesus. Everyone is going to profess that they believe in Jesus, but we don't all have the same degree or level of faith in him. So that's where the disconnect and the difference um, hat comes in. Um, and so the two things I just want to say in, in response to what you're saying and in, inciting, am I an influence and am I intentional? Whether or not we intentionally or actively conduct ourselves to be an influence, we are one, mm-hmm. no matter what, whether yeah. it's positively or negatively. Um you can just kind of look around. I see this all the time at my job where I'm just being stared at by fellow employees, um, random customers that um, have just been around for the longest and they just know me by having seen me for so long. Um, But just no matter where you are, you're just constantly being observed. And so you're always an influence. And what I mean, what I'm telling you is that it's up to you to assess yourself to recognize every single action and every single word, including your body language, your breathing even, um, and that's no exaggeration, yeah. um, is being read among everyone, and like you said, in every vicinity that you exist and operate in. Um, and I mean, if you just exhale in a certain way, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? Like, is something wrong? Like, that's happened to me at work before. So when I tell you you're being read, every action, every blink of your eye, every single move and action that you make is being read. And uh, we, as people of God, are not to adjust to the culture around us. We are to counter the culture and even recreate it. Um, so not everything that we do or say is going to be liked by everybody because 90 probably, if not more, of our environments are not believers. Um, They're not godly. Um, However, it's not about us being popular or liked or accepted. Um, But everything that we do will be noticed. No matter whether they like it or not, everything we do is going to be noticed. And um, in some cases, um, that'll be positive and they'll model it. They'll adopt that behavior even if it's the smallest little gestures. Um, I've seen that even 
among people who are not believers model certain behaviors that I have. Um, and they're just minute and it doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden saved. I mean, it's just things that show that they're watching you. And if they started doing that and saying that because of how you operate, then they're taking some things on and you are influential. And then the last thing I just want to say is that we all should have three things in our lives, a Paul, a Barnabas and a Timothy. Mm. So a Paul would be like a mentor, like, or an elder type of person in your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a, um, age-wise older person or elder, but just someone who actually is that you can look upon and see wisdom in them and that you can glean wisdom from them. The second person you should have is a Barnabas, which um, with Paul and Barnabas, they were colleagues. So someone who is your contemporary or relatively an equal to you so that you can kind of have someone to kind of like be on your same level ground. And then the Third thing is a Timothy. So someone who's like a mentee and it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're actively mentoring them, but someone who is looking up to you or someone that you can kind of invest in, pour into. Um, And those are things in different ways that um, we can fill this provoking unto good works or motivating, inciting other people unto good works and, uh, and also be motivated and incited by these people. Because if we have that Paul person in our life, we're looking to them uh, for that motivation and, and that stirring for ourselves also. Good. That's good. All right. Uh, lastly, uh, P is practice. Um, and that just says, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, and obviously it's referring to uh, not forsaking the assembly of the brethren. So, um, two reasons why I think that it's saying that is one, uh, to prevent falling away, and two, to encourage one another to keep the faith. So um, if we go back to verse 23, it talks about holding fast our faith, which means that there, it, we're warring against that, right? We know that there's an enemy. We know that there's a fight for us to keep our faith. And so um, our connection to one another is to um, prevent that falling away, but then also to encourage one another because, um, you know, we know it is a difficult life. We know that it is um, it is a task to keep the faith. And so just to stay encouraged, to stay, um, to keep the hope ever before us um, and to remember, I think we talked about reminders and revelations of, a few months back. And so um, just mm-hmm. always be uh, reminded um, whether it's the Paul or the Barnabas um, that we can be in community with that uh, can continually just give us the word, you know, when we're devoting ourselves to the things that are in Acts 2, 42, um, when these things are ever before us, uh, we are inspired um, and challenged, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, to operate in love, obviously, number one, but then two, um, that our works will be manifest when we are mm-hmm. in that community, when we're practicing, when we're inspired and challenged to, to make those changes. Um, I think that we're able to see the fruit of that um, through our practice. So um, mm-hmm. final comments on that. So the thing that I want to plug is based off of how you said, um, encouraging one another to keep the faith. And I'm just going to um, employ Hebrews 10 and use some verses out of that to really uh, drive this point, which is verses 32 through 38. I'm just going to read a couple out of here. 32 says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember, again, reminders and revelations, how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. If you go down to verse 34, the last part of it, it says, you accepted it with joy 
you knew there were better things awaiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward reward it brings you. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. So that in itself, the practice and why we need each other is to encourage each other to keep the faith um, so that the longer that you're saved and the longer you're in this Christian walk, um, we can remind you to look back on the earlier days. Um, when it, when you had such a confidence in the Lord and when you had all this zeal before. And uh, also, even outside of that, this one is the most important part for me is that you and I have need of patience, aka endurance, to bear up, to stand, to endure through difficult circumstances without compromising. Because mm-hmm. when we go through these things, this is why people fall away. This is why people lose the faith. This is why people turn from God. This is why people just give up on their Christian walk altogether. And that's why we're here as a community to say, hey, remember what Peter said? All of us are going through the same suffering mm-hmm. somewhere in the world. Keep going. Give God your cares. Give God your problems. We're all in this together. Um, after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise, but only after you have done the will of God. And um, just to continue to remind each other what the word says. And that's how we we overcome with what? The word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. We overcome through using God's word. It's not our word that's going to get us anywhere. It's God's word that we have to employ. So he said um, in John chapter eight, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So my final uh, nugget is that we can explain, we can exhort, we can embody and we can encourage behavior, but we cannot ensure the compliance of it. Mm. That's deep. That's deep. That's a mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Mic has been dropped. But I just want to close with this thought, because, um, again, I think kind of the, the key scriptures are Hebrews 10, 23 and 20 through 25 and Acts 240. Really, Acts, I mean, kind of you, you kind of went from 41, I think, to 48, was it? Um, so really, um, if you just take yeah. Hebrews 10 and really read the whole chapters in content. So Hebrews 10 and Hebrews 2, and I'm sorry, Acts 2. Mm-hmm. The question is this. So when you think about the fact that, you know, we have friends all over the place, right? You know, I mean, we we grow up, we move on, we, we have families and people separate and we move away and we get different jobs. We leave churches and some people stay, some people go, some people follow. Um, so we know that our friendships, if we went back five years, are probably not in the same spot that they were just based on that, that change alone, right? Mm-hmm. The question is this. We're talking about the difference between friendship and fellowship. And so where the rubber meets the road is this question. What happens when you lose the commonality that created the friendship, meaning that you have to work to spend time together. Mm. Wow. So if you are in a position where, um, and I'll just kind of use myself as an example, I had a very tight knit group of friends that I got saved with. We all went to the same church. Um, I left the church. Most of them followed, um, not at the same time, but shortly after Um, we did ministry together. We were super tight, super connected. Um, and now none of us go to the same church together. So obviously for changes, some people moved away. Some people went to different churches and that's just the way the Lord works it. But Mm -hmm. now the responsibility is 
were we only friends because we went to the same church? Or is it mm. now a situation where that now changes? <clears throat> Our fellowship is different because we don't necessarily have the day-to-day interaction that we would have had. But what is the responsibility in maintaining that fellowship? Um, and I think that's where most people are, is that as long as we're in communion, meaning that we're all doing the same things, it's on and popping. Once that changes, right. once you have kids and I'm single, or once you um, do whatever and I'm still over here, mm-hmm. does that fellowship, does that purpose change? And if you read right. any of these scriptures that we just read, none of that is connected to who you are. It's connected mm-hmm. to what you are. So your faith, <laughs> Galatians 6, I believe you read, said brotherhood. <laughs> Our yeah. brotherhood does not change because I left. And I'm in for those who are my friends that are listening to this, I'm not speaking <laughs> to you specifically, but yeah. saying we're brothers, but but that doesn't change when our circumstances change. So our unity has to be connected to what we are in Christ, not where we are in Christ. So, and that mm-hmm. is a very profound point that I think a lot of people, and again, even myself, because you know, time equals attraction. So I'm attracted to what I can be close to, obviously. And so I right. have to be able to be better at being in community and being in fellowship when I have to try harder. Um, and and mm-hmm. that is something that I think the body of Christ really needs to work better at. Um, and I, I think that's even the importance of being in community at your own local church, because you might not be able to necessarily be in complete uh, communion all the time with the people you want to be. Obviously, we have right. to work on that. But if God has placed you in a body, then that means that you need to really connect to that body and be engaged and, and make friends there. And because that body needs you. And if God has you there for a purpose and you recognize that your life is always on purpose, then that means that you're mm-hmm. wasting your time going to church to hear a message that you can't apply if you're not going to be in communion with people. So we, we can really take this so many different levels and, and really just go way over time and, and really belabor it. Um, and I'm sure that some of these points will probably bleed out to other podcasts, but this one, I think, um, like I said, just really hits home because I think it, it really speaks to the unity that we have in Christ. And if we don't master yeah. this, we're, we're going to struggle as a community of, of faith. And mm-hmm. the world needs us to be better at being with one another. Um, and there's so many one another's in the Bible um, that if we can't be with one another, then we can't properly practice the one another's. So um, I'll leave it yeah. at that. Like I said, there's so much to be said. Um, I don't know if you have any final things to say or add, but. I always could add more, (laughs) but, you know, I feel like we've said so much and it's been rich and um, I have been very blessed hearing what has been spoken. And I know that there's more, you know, beyond this. Um, So I just look forward to where it will go. But I I do hope that um, all of us just take what we can from this and really start evaluating our part in the ship, the ships that we're on. So, Yeah close us out with prayer for sure father you are almighty and you are sovereign over every relationship um every person um we um are just thrilled to be in your presence um lord even as we um discuss this topic lord um god i i I know i have not perfected it lord and i know that i um at the conclusion of this have relationships that i want to uh, perfect to go in and uh, just be able to discuss this, to even share this with them and say, how can we be on a ship together? Um, so this is not uh, a message of condemnation, but a message of encouragement that 
um, we need each other and that we need each other to be better for one another because, um, Lord, you have so many imperatives in your word that we cannot, um, we cannot do if we're not with one another, if we're not in community. So, Lord, help us um, to establish a better community with one another. Um, Lord, those of us that have um, just defaulted to just being around each other as the definition of fellowship, um, Lord, may you change our uh, perspective. Um, I pray that these words may challenge uh, those listeners to um, just consider themselves, to consider your word, to um, study, to show themselves approved, um, to um, be more diligent, to huddle, and to be um, intentional about that, to incite and provoke one another to love and good works, and uh, to continue to practice and make it a habit to not just do it once or twice and then fall off the wagon, but to um, constantly look for ways that we can be um, better at this because again lord we we need one another um we see that when we do this well that souls are added to the kingdom um and so let us be the example that this world needs let us be uh, the true authors of friendship um, that uh, then propels us into fellowship um, help us to um, be great at all that we say and do um, that this not just be lip service but it truly be an action of the heart um, that we can then go out and um see true and lasting change. Um, let us encourage one another. Let that be the driving force that we're encouraging, that we're not looking uh, for ways to convict, um, but let you do that work and let us just encourage and bring people to the cross, Lord. And we thank you for um, just your word that inspires us um, for all life and godliness. And um, Lord, continue to propel us um, to better ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Her Bro, His Sis. Catch your favorite siblings each month as we talk to you, our family in Christ. Want to chat or just stay in the know? Catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Her Bro, His Sis.